And he and I talk about seeing that, that image in the sky regularly. Both he and I saw it. I should get his... Uh, I might email this to him, get his, whether he has anything to add to his name's Mark. Um, but I will. I'm, I'm going to email this to him and uh, get him to add his little bits. Thank you for calling the That Would Be Rad hotline. We are sorry we missed your call. Please, leave your story of rad strangeness, and Woody and Tyler will get back to you as soon as possible. Listen for the beep and be rad. So, Maddie, I remember, yeah, like you say, it was a long time ago, but the memory was really fresh. Still feels really fresh. And uh, I remember quite vividly standing at the front of your parents' place in Cheltenham, looking down over that street into the valley, into the suburb, seeing something quite clearly, you know, the thing we, the unidentified thing we saw. And the memory certainly hasn't faded for me either. Uh, I recall it, it wasn't quick, so we were standing there for, a, it was like at least half a minute, you know, it wasn't, a, oh, quick, what was that? Did you see that? It was a, hey, dude, are you looking at this? And uh, look at this, check this out, this is weird. And we stood there and looked at it and watched it. And I recall watching it, I think we did get to a point where maybe we should tell somebody, and then it started to move, and I remember watching it moving away, and it was started slow and then it was a you know it progressively accelerated until it basically disappeared very very quickly uh and it was big it wasn't just a small thing in the sky i'm hard to put an exact size on it because although it wasn't that far away maybe it was a few k's away it was but it was at least you know say 100 meters wide The one thing you said which didn't quite match up for me, I never really remember the tentacles. I, I would say it was a jelly bubba, you know, those things that kind of wash up on the beach. Sort of translucent, you could almost see through it, it had this sort of shimmering outlook. I guess to some perspectives it may have been invisible, invisible. But yeah, definitely uh, an incredible sight. It's, it's interesting to recall after such a long time what we uh, what we saw, real or not, I don't know, but uh, certainly it was a strong memory in my mind. All right, cool. Let me know if you figure out, ever figure out what it is, or if they ever come back and come back. G'day mates, and welcome back to another episode of your favorite podcast, That Would Be Brad, a podcast that majors in 80s and 90s nostalgia, comic culture, all things paranormal, and minors in mispronouncing names of Australian places, mm -hmm. retro video games, tabletop RPGs, pre-internet mysteries, and raising our kids to be half as cool as we were back in the 80s. We're your hosts, Woody Brown and Tyler Bentz. What's up, pal? Hey, man. I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna go ahead and apologize in advance to you and all of our listeners, but I have a little bit of a nasal congestion yeah, today, and same just here. hearing myself in the monitor, and mm -hmm. I just don't like the way the yeah, voice is sounding. Here. I also don't like how much noise your chair is making. I was about to say it's my chair. Yeah, God, it's the worst, dude. Yeah, I know. I mean, here's um, the thing: I'm ready to get this pa our Patreon going at episode 100. Can we just get a so, new chair? Just so we can get new chairs. It's the first thing we're buying. Man, I was really excited about last week's episode just kind of being, first off, everybody listening, you know this too, I love the sound design aspect. So it was extremely exciting to me to kind of dive back into that with last week's episode. And I got to say, just before we dive into this week's episode, I think it's important to note mm -hmm. that this is part two of our look at UFOs of the land down under. So if you're just joining us for the first time because your best friend recommended our show or maybe you just missed last week's episode with all the hustle and bustle of the holidays, mm -hmm. you might want to kind of go back and jump over to part one now so that you can hear these incredible stories that we're about to kind of 
discuss further today, just so you have a little bit more context. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So without further ado, man, I really want to kind of talk about the, you know, I don't know, it sounds a little funny whenever I say like the story that I was assigned, Um, Mm -hmm. but the one that I kind of dug into, which was the Knowles family incident. Yeah. Sound sound good, pal? (laughs) You're just like, yeah. I mean, is that cool? Yeah, I'm just, I'm, I was doing my taxes. So drunk. Yeah, I'm super excited actually about talking about both of our uh, sort of accounts just because like, well, you'll see once we get in if you, if you didn't pick it up from the, like the, you know, mm, doing great. The telling of the stories. There really is a lot of sort of connective tissue between the two. There's connective tissue. There's also a lot of diversity, which kind of oh, yeah. leans back to what we sort of started last week's episode talking about, which is like, man, there's a lot of interesting stuff that's happening in Australia and has, mm-hmm. you know, throughout history in terms of unidentified flying objects. So let's talk about the Knowles family incident. Mm-hmm. Here's some important details about that night that, you know, I didn't really mention whenever I was telling the story that uh, I think are important. So first thing, the Knowles family were around 13 hours into this trip from Perth to Melbourne, Australia. You mean Melbourne? Melbourne, Australia. And, you know, that's part of the reason why it was like four o'clock in the morning or something. And so obviously they were fatigued. But in terms of distance there, it's about 3,500 kilometers, which is approximately 2,175 miles or so, which, Mm -hmm. again, for some context for anybody that lives here in the States, that's like driving literally, it's almost the exact same driving distance to the mile from LA to Atlanta. Yep. So they were driving along this like really cool coastal highway across the, see, I'm so scared to say it. Here we go. Oh, man. Uh, Nullarbor. That's there it. There it is. Nullarbor Plain in it's Western really, Australia. Really great. Yeah, perfect. Which again is known to be just like this extremely barren, dry desert yeah. geography, but like right there on the coast. And you know, this specific occurrence happened in the late 80s, I think 1988, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And presumably at first I thought, well, it's probably a little bit more populated by now. Well, I looked up some pictures of... Uh, Mundrabilla, which is kind of the next town that they went to after this incident occurred. Turns yeah, out, man. That, that's where they like reported it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they went to this gas station. It's actually called like the Mundrabilla Roadhouse, which still exists today. That's cool. But truly, that's just about all that exists out there. I, I've, I happen to just like stumble upon this married couple that, that do like travel blogging. I think they're from Australia. They're like you know, probably retiree. Well, I don't want to say their age because eventually I want them to like listen to the show. But they're, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like they're like our parents' age. But they started this like travel blog to just kind of like explore Australia. Hmm. And one of the areas that they went was this Mundrabilla Roadhouse just like two years ago, bro. And it is, there's nothing else, man. It looks like something straight out of uh, a Spielberg movie. Like if Spielberg was doing a movie mm-hmm. about aliens in Australia, this is where he's filming it, dude. I just immediately picture the roadhouse, basically the bar that Crocodile <laughs> Dundee goes into. <laughs> oh, oh, I thought you were going to say, um, you just immediately uh, imagine uh, Patrick Swayze. Yeah, the roadhouse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, yeah. that too. I did imagine that also. People who really want to have a good time won't come to a slaughterhouse. And we've got entirely too many troublemakers here. Too many uh, 40-year-old adolescents, felons, power drinkers... And trustees of modern chemistry. It's going to change. Man, one of the first off, let me just great. sidebar sidebar here. Mm-hmm. Not only just a great movie, one of the best movies. And honestly, it's one of my favorite jokes to play on my wife. But like, there's a little bit of like, man, I hope she finally says yes. When we're looking for something to watch, and we're like, oh, I don't really want to. I don't feel like that. I'm just like, mm-hmm. Roadhouse. <laughs> and she's like, no. Second to that, I'm always like, oh, okay, Bloodsport. She's like. Definitely. No. So those are the two movies that I always tried to get her to watch. Still hasn't hasn't worked after 10 plus uh, years of marriage. Okay. Keep trying. So they're in this like super remote area, still remote to this day. They've been driving for like 13 hours. What's interesting is that, and, and really kind of cool about this, is that, you know, because 
there was so much attention just out of the gate about this case. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll say media attention, right? And so we actually have, as you guys kind of heard on last week's podcast, video of them kind of explaining the situation like only 24 to 36 hours after it happened, dude. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, for UFO sightings and stuff, that's not extremely common, right? Yeah. And so we're kind of getting it directly from, uh, directly from the source. But especially in like a Q&A format, which like that's what we have. We've got this like news reporter. Mm-hmm. The family's like sitting across from him. He's just able to like ask them questions and they kind of answer it. And, you know, it's interesting because <clears throat> when Sean, the son that was driving, kind of describes the behavior of what he noticed at first, he, he says, and I, and I quote here, it was flying miles back. And we drove miles up the road again. It's interesting that he's used uh, miles there. but mm. um, And it was in front of us again. The reporter asks, how high off the ground was it? Sean answers, I mean, it was on the ground. Yeah. Faye, the mom, says, it was on the ground facing us while we were driving along. The reporter says, so it was moving along with you? Faye says, yeah, it was following us. So in this initial description, it actually doesn't really mention it being like a flying object, right? Mm-hmm. It just kind of like in the report initially, he kind of talks about asking his older brother, like, hey, what do you think that is? Do you think it's like a you, like a spaceship or something, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So as I was like looking at this, um, I found that it actually kind of more resembles another famous sort of phenomena that happens in Australia and it's, they're called the Australian ghost lights mm-hmm. or the Min Min lights. Yep. Now I had never heard about this. Again, this is part of the reason why it wasn't hard, like nobody had to twist my arm to talk about Australia because there's so many things like this that I had never heard of. Yeah. <clears throat> so here's what the, uh, the Min Min lights are. It's been described as an orange speck on the horizon or sometimes even like a big white ball or maybe even like a color changing like red green back to white sometimes it's close in proximity sometimes it follows you around or sometimes it just hovers away and then moves fast out in the distance Mm. some australians say it's just an old tall tale others say that they've seen it with their own eyes um it's been called everything from a ghost light a spirit orb and then later more scientific names and explanations of somewhat similar phenomena Hmm. the fact is whatever it is that people are seeing there is something that's out there and people have been witnessing this dude these strange lights for the better part of like two centuries well real quick too and not to derail where you're going but i love that you just went there because this was also an explanation that was brought up for again there's there's these like sort of like parallels to like both of these stories and I, in the research, it was also brought up that like these Min Min lights could could have also been you know basically what took the pilot and his plane away. Mm. It's similar to I have some like orb stories, mm-hmm. uh, so I have like a real sort of soft spot for this thing. One of these days we're going to get into it, but uh, mm-hmm. it's very similar to for our domestic fans the Brown Mountain lights uh, mm-hmm. in Asheville, North, Asheville, North Carolina. So it's basically this, a similar thing. And like these sort of ghost lights, I mean, man, there's so many. There's a ton like overseas. There's numerous ones here. For for ours especially, they were, uh, I guess probably because our country's a little, you know, younger. A lot of these stories sort of were born out of like sort of the ghost light phenomenon proper, which is like, mm-hmm. oh, well, it's it's the you know, this train that was derailed in the area and you see the train, like the, the light in the front, like that's what you're seeing. And like, mm-hmm. even though, well, Hey, you, before, oh, before you talk about all the different, well, that was ex- it. Explanations. Let me, let me backtrack just, a, just a tad because you're right. It's not just something that has been experienced in Australia. Mm-hmm. People have also, um, Oh man, I wrote it down because I remember you talked about it a while. Oh yeah. The, uh, the Marfa, lights yep, yep in texas mm-hmm. same kind of thing but i figured out in kind of like accidentally diving into this and then going down a long rabbit trail until about like one in the morning one night mm-hmm. was that like this and some of the other things that i know i'm sure we're going to talk about today deserve their own episode for sure yeah. oh because yeah, yeah. there's a lot of connective 
tissue sort of around the mm-hmm. world with these specific things. But um, kind of coming back to Australia with it, though, actual written accounts go all the way back to 1838, mm-hmm. where this guy named T. Horton James wrote a book called Six Months in South Australia. Mm. And he talks about where these folks that he was out there with. Now, keep in mind, folks, this is 1838. And Mm -hmm. that's an important factor later on when we talk about sort of some of the explanations about what the Knowles family experienced. Because I'm going to come back to the Min Min lights. But what's cool is stories about these lights also are found in several Aboriginal Australian cultures predating the European colonization of Australia. And, and, and had become part of this like sort of wider Australian folklore, which again, I'm just extremely interested in. Which, dude, again, not to derail, but the same here. Like, I think even the Brown Mountain Lights are were kind of known by like the like Indian tribes like in the area. Yeah, yeah man, it's pretty it, awesome. It's really awesome, and this is kind of cool too. Some of the indigenous Australians kind of talk about the sightings increasing in conjunction with the ingression of Europeans into the outback, hmm. which is interesting. That is interesting. Accounts of the of the light appearances are like, they vary, man. I mean, everything from like, and, you know, just like anything, I think there's this like blanket category of like UFO. Well, there's right. a lot of stuff that that could be, right? Because it hmm. literally means unidentified flying object. It could be a physical ship. It could mm-hmm. be a orb, you know, mm-hmm. but there are different things and different phenomena. But anyway, people have seen like fuzzy, sort of blurry, somewhat lights, disc-shaped lights. They are described as being white, sometimes, again, changing color from white to red to green and then back again. Mm-hmm. Um, some describe them as being like dim. Sometimes they're even described as being like bright enough to illuminate the ground and cast like large shadows and shadows yeah according to the folklore the lights sometimes follow or approach people and then disappear when like if they're fired upon or sometimes very rapidly Mm. disappear and then reappear later on people have talked about even being chased by them dude there are it's so like entrenched in the folklore and culture and stuff there is a this um road sign that i found that basically says like not really necessarily like a warning, but sort of like a uh, uh, like attention. Oftentimes when people are driving on this road at night, they see the Min Min lights. Here's what they are, blah, 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 blah. So it's mm. like, whoa. Man, that's you know? awesome. Yeah. You know, again, what are they? There, there's, I mean, dude, since 1838, there have been countless theories tested in the scientific community about them. Yeah. I'd say about 10, 15 years ago, this guy had some relatively extensive research and you know he had like a couple of different theories that he was testing you know some that they're like a they're called like a super mirage Mm -hmm. that's caused by natural gases and warm air and stuff like that some are like i've got to say like hold on i'm gonna get to that some are bioluminescent insects owls or birds swamp gas yeah now some of that stuff is an easy out but if you've ever kind of seen things like the swamp gas phenomenon or... Uh, ball lightning. Ball lightning. Or, I mean, dude, that stuff is... Cr- dude, it can travel through your house, bro. Yeah. It's yeah. just insane. And, and and even like some of the mirages that occur, like, I mean, there was one, I think not too long ago, man, where like this cruise ship looked like it was flying. It was like flossed in paradise from the fifth element or something. Boy is fueled like fire. So start melting, ladies, because the boy is hotter than hot. He's hot, hot, hot. hot. <laughs> the right side, right build, right head, right on. Right on, right on. And he's got something to say to those 50 billion pair of ears out there. Pop it, D-Man. Uh, hi. Unbelievable. Like oh, he's flying yeah. across. I mean, how'd you like that reference? flying across this like ocean and you're Mm. like what in the world's going on well i mean in 2018 this australian scientist uh, professor john Pettigrew, kind of came out and said not only has he kind of solved the mystery of the min min light but he's able to recreate it Mm. which that that's pretty common too like people coming in and say oh well it's headlight headlights bouncing off the 
Yeah, so he, he shows this like layer of cold air sitting just above the ground between the distant light and the observer. Mm-hmm. The light becomes trapped in that cold air. This layer bends the light and keeps it close to the ground so that it is seen over great, great distances. And mm-hmm. then if you concentrate the distant light with the cold air, it stops it from spreading. So it, it, it doesn't get weakened by these extreme distances. Now, mm. he demonstrated this using some like truck lights or something that were like 300, over 300 kilometers away mm-hmm. and did some other stuff to where he was able to like make them move and stuff. Just pretty, pretty crazy mm-hmm. stuff. But his, his thing is like the reason why he, this is so funny because the reason why he even started just kind of obsessing over this was because he was like, there's no way this is combusting marsh grass. And, and he was like, and it's insulting to think that it was swarming bioluminescent insects or whatever. Yeah. And, and so he's like, I don't know if all of them are like this, but it was pretty cool that I was able to solve, mm. solve this piece of the, you know, potential well, puzzle. Or, or if nothing else, I mean, I think it's cool that maybe he's nowhere near explaining like the Min Min lights as as a whole. But maybe yeah. he is, he did kind of happen to like replicate, you know, when they happen in like one particular area. Yeah, yeah. And people are saying, oh, well, it's like the Min Min lights. Yeah. So yeah. that's pretty well, cool. Well, and then too, what else is kind of neat is if you think about it, remember this is what I was talking about when we were talking about 1838. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of truck drivers um, mm, no, in 1838, sparse. right? Yeah. And and the lights would have been much more spread out and far mm-hmm. apart. And so, S- same I, with the Marfa lights, they've they've done the same there too. Yeah. And so, like, it kind of goes back to us talking about the rules and laws of physics mm-hmm. existing in our universe, right? Right. And just because we can figure out how one thing works, well, that doesn't necessarily mean that whatever exactly. those min min lights are don't have to use that the same rule set mm-hmm. right you know what i'm saying yeah exactly okay um well l- let me say too that uh you know like i said before uh, we'll we'll have an episode that's dedicated to like the orb phenomena and no i'm not talking about condensation in photos i'm talking about you know self independently lit balls of light that uh, seem to have you know some sort of consciousness or some sort of uh purpose you know there's there's in their movements and stuff yeah there's something that's like compelling them to like do certain things and and like you know i've had a particular i mean it's kind of bonkers really but i've had several cases and you know then later my wife would witness the exact same things so you know i i've seen this stuff firsthand now in saying that I want to say that I don't necessarily think that like all of this is like, oh, it's like souls or mm. demons or da 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 da. Like it felt very, um, it it just it felt like something. You know, it's that that quote that that we talked about. I think on on uh, season two, episode one, uh, when we were talking with Bryce about yeah. where it's basically you know. The things that we look at as like the paranormal or the uh, the metaphysical or magic mm-hmm. or whatever, give us a few years, you know, and we'll have a better understanding. And then yeah. then it's looked at as scientific. So I do mm-hmm. think that I think that there's something to them. I mean, I I think it can be. I mean, maybe it is linked to some sort of multidimensional UFO thing, or I think maybe it's a terrestrial phenomenon, like. Mm-hmm you know, rods we talked about before, or like these these things that we just don't know about yet, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and I mean, it's it's super cool to me that there's so many like crazy, even sort of like scientifically, um, scientifically like recognized, I guess, as phenomenon that like are important enough to investigate and, and and explain right like mm-hmm. ball lightning and all these crazy things that yeah man two hundred years ago someone's like there's a ghost in my attic and, right you know yeah. and yeah. so you know simultaneously it, that's not us or even that person maybe mm-hmm. saying or making the agreement that like well just because we don't just because something crazy is happening eh, we'll be able to explain it later you know mm-hmm. because like maybe we won't man you know like and, yeah. and maybe in other words maybe it's not hey man. Maybe it's not swamp grass. <laughs> swamp or swamp. Yeah. 
Well, I, I, but I will say that like there is something I, I do have that initial kind of like turn off because it just it yeah. feels like that. Jay I, know, I knew Heineck. as soon as I as soon as I thought about that and was talking about like oh I'm gonna talk I'm gonna talk about these and talk about like this this guy John Pettigrew I knew your immediate reaction would be like mm. oh, I hate that guy. Well, no, I mean it, it, but it does feel like like Jay Allen Hynek and like Project Blue Book where it's like okay we're gonna like we're gonna throw out some you know pseudo scientific uh, which in reality it's like even swamp gas and ball lightning. Both of those things are still kind of on the weird side of mm. science, you know. So, yeah. but but at the time, I felt like they threw these things out that your average everyday non-internet using person would have no idea what they're talking about. But it would sort of like it would sort of suffice, and they would it, drop it. Like, and it certainly feels a little bit like a misdirect. Oh, like, exactly. Just yeah. the other night, man. Speaking of synchronicity, one of the Jeopardy questions talked about Project Blue Book, mm. and it talked about like the statistic of like out of however many sightings, the percentage of like how many were just found to be like, you know, mm-hmm. nothing. Holy smokes! So it's like, I don't know, man. It, it, you know, I'm glad there are people out there that investigate this stuff. Like the people that went out and investigated the Knowles family, you know, there's yeah this story in particular kind of drew everything from like you know obvious uh, like interest, also like some criticism too, because like <clears throat> the story kind of changed a little bit. You can tell they were kind of confused even in that news broadcast. Well, you know, did the card get lifted off of the ground or not? And they're like, you know, I don't know. So, I it kind of goes into this next section which is like what what do we think happened here mm-hmm. or what do i think well i mean i don't know if you want me to kind of talk about some of the things that different scientists and psychologists and stuff and, and researchers ufo researchers and stuff had said about this case and in the different theories but essentially like for the most part there's really like i will say two main theories mm-hmm. one being that like it was some sort of weird phenomenon maybe the min min lights mm-hmm. or a ufo of some sort mm-hmm. Or that these people had been driving for 13 hours and were panicked and delusional now. Yeah, but this is another section that I earmarked that I knew you're going to be like, mass hallucination. Hold on, dude. After these messages, we'll be right back. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. America's future can be determined by our dreams and our visions. It was very for over 200 years, there have been reports of giant man-like creatures from another dimension, another world, I don't know. The most intriguing mystery on the North American continent. Hey, this is Bryce Johnson from the Bigfoot Collectors Club, and you're listening to Tyler and Woody on That Would Be Rad, because that is rad. There's an article that I found by this guy named Robert Bartholomew, which... Cool Sounds name. legit. Change it. <laughs> um, and he, he's a PhD. It's an article in like this psychology publication, okay, where he talks about like this, and and he only brings up this case as one of like 
I don't know, man, five or six, relatively modern. I mean, as soon as like 2016, incredibly bizarre phenomena of these like shared delusions, man. There's like one where this like family, I mean, I don't know if, if you want me to go into, I honestly, after reading it, dude, I was like, we need to do an, we need to do an episode about this, dude. Well, if we do, we have to do, we have to include. Because uh, it's kind of like, it's actually, to me, it's, 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 I, I'll say it's more frightening than it being a ship that like bumped a car and took off. Because yeah. like, to me, it's like the, you know, there's still like an element of Bigfoot, aliens, whatever, that still kind of feels like we don't know mm-hmm. if it's real. Mm-hmm. But we know enough about neuroscience and stuff that we know like certain things are definitely real, right? And so like if people are able to have like these weird shared delusions, man, to me that is that is terrifying. Well, and and we've said it. I think you and I both have have mentioned, you know, the idea of the shared sort of experience or shared mm-hmm. mass hysteria, hallucination. Mm-hmm. If this is real, which at first glance and first hearing you say that, I was like, no, that's fake. However, I will say as we've kind of been doing this podcast, I mean, if anything, I think it lends more credibility into the simulation theory. Yeah. Because (laughs) suddenly it's like, oh, well, they're having this shared thing. So this shared thing is happening all in their minds at the same time. It's not a physical thing. So is it like a download? Is it like, you know, if we're, if we're thinking in like Mm -hmm. matrix sort of terms. Yeah. uh, I'm going to send, I'm going to show you this. I'm going to send you this article, dude. mm -hmm. You're going to love it because I don't think it approaches it. I knew you were going to kind of be like, right? Because, (laughs) well, because like initially it's sort of like you feel like somebody's just using an easy out. Like, Mm -hmm. ah, they're all just having, the way this guy approaches this man isn't like that. He's actually approaching it like if we, instead of having this kind of podcast, we only had a psychology, you know, like a psychology podcast. Mm -hmm. This is how this guy's approaching it. And he, he talks about the Kentucky Space Goblins. He talks about the um, aerial school in Zimbabwe. These people in um, Melbourne in, in 2016, this family dude who mm. literally all got into their car and fled their farm on this like frantic trip over hundreds of miles to evade evil forces they were be- they they all collectively believed were invading and trying to kill them, dude. What? Yeah, dude. I mean, like crazy stuff. The Phantom Drug Siege in Michigan in the nineteen in nineteen seventy eight, and then of course this one. But so it's like. But is, but is he talking about like physically? Well, not physically, but they believe that they're seeing physically, like seeing things, or is it more of like mass hysteria all, and like, dude, all of the all of the above? Mm-hmm. He, he kind of he, he talks about it being like. Well, I, I'll give you an example. Just the way this guy's this guy approaches it made me kind of. Um, not doubt the Knowles uh, story or, 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 you know, not believe them or think it was like a hoax or anything. Mm-hmm. It just had me thinking, dude, when we went skiing last year, my family and I, mm-hmm. we were driving back from Colorado. We left and then we went to see my brother-in-law's like shop in Loveland, uh, Colorado. Mm-hmm. And we kind of stayed longer than we anticipated, but we had already like booked a hotel in like Kansas or something, dude, we drove, yeah. like I was on the road effectively for like 16 hours. Like the old Toward tour the end of it, man. Now keep in mind, Kansas, if anybody has ever driven through Kansas, mm-hmm. Tyler, you'll remember the flatter than flat. I still love okay? it so much. Literally. Oh yeah, I love it yeah. too, but literally flatter than flat. And I say that because it's important because as we were driving, it's now like close to 11 o'clock at night. I've been driving forever, but you know this too, Tyler. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, nope, I'm driving. Yep. Right. All of a sudden I'm like, like, like blinking my eyes. I'm like, babe. And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, is, are we going, are we going downhill? And it, in my mind, and I'm not even making this. this up, dude. In my mind, it looks like we're back in Colorado going down a steep grade road or whatever. What? Like it, it, it I could not adjust my eyes in a way that would like, get out of that weird, um, huh. I don't want to call it a hallucination, but like the, like a, I guess the illusion mm-hmm. that we were just going downhill. And I'm talking like there are cars, not directly in front of me, but maybe like, God, man, again, because it, the, it's so flat, you can see forever. Yeah. But like you could see the red lights of the cars in front of me, maybe like a couple miles ahead. Now, c- and it looked like they were below us, dude. We, but it was flat as the board. Too? 
No, she's like, no, you're okay. crazy. <laughs> so yeah, I know what you're saying. Like, how can everybody see the same thing? Mm-hmm. But imagine you're all um, half asleep. You've been driving for 13 hours and maybe you do see the Min Min lights mm-hmm. and you panic. And in your hysteria, you're screaming. You got two dogs. I mean, dude, now you, now, now we know as dads and stuff with kids, if if all of a sudden everybody's woken up yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and loud and somebody's screaming, you're going to be like, oh, oh, oh my God, what, what, what? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so it starts to make a little bit more sense to me that like some of them don't remember some of the details and then they heard like sounds and then the tire blew out and like they were already going kind of fast apparently. I mean, there's a blog that I found that like dissects it down to like the most minute detail, uh, including like the type of tire that they're using, the speed that the guy recalled he was going on the interview. I mean, Mm. that's not what I want to do with this. I found it to be an incredibly fascinating story it kind of opened up this like um, sort of new possibilities. Yeah, this new these new possibilities of a mixture between like Min Min lights and like them just being sleep deprived and and being out in the middle of nowhere mm-hmm. and just all kinds of different things. Was it an alien ship? I don't I don't know. You know. Well, I you know my sort of turn off with like the the mass hallucination, like the story of like uh, the aerial school in Zimbabwe. It's like. It's such an easy way to be like, oh, they were just having a mass hallucination. And it's like, so you're telling me that like, I can't, I mean, it's like 60 kids or something. And they've all like come out. I think there's, I mean. They think they're in an airplane. Like what? I don't no, know. No, no, no. Like they, they were, all these kids were like outside at like recess at this pretty big, uh, I think it was kind of like an international school. Kind of like with yours in Indonesia. Yeah. And um, we're def- we'll definitely do a podcast on it, an episode. But basically... They all see like a ship. They all see these beings uh, come down. The interesting thing, which this, I, I, I think there is an element of like the mass hallucination, but it's not what you think. I think, I think, so to me, the most interesting part about this is every single kid basically described the craft exactly the same. They said it looked like this. It had these kind of lights. It was this high in the sky. It landed here, yada, yada, yada. But what was mm-hmm. really interesting is like a lot of the kids all were seeing different beings come out. Like the local sort of native, like African kids that were probably more from like more sort of primitive areas. Mm-hmm. They all, they would, they were seeing like, this sort of like folklore of like the, you know, some kind of like crazy, like hairy thing, like wild man. You, you had like the British kids seeing, you know, your standard sort of gray. You had like, like, so they all were seeing these like different things. Now, I don't yeah. believe for a second that this is a mass hallucina- hallucination. However, I do believe that like we've talked about a million times with mm-hmm. Passport to Magonia and Jacques Vallée, that idea that like, Either A, we're playing a role in in what we offer as like what what we see as like the perception. So it's either are they reading our minds and then being mm-hmm. like, oh, this is what we should look like according to what they can handle or they expect to see, or are is it something in our biology or neurology that like once we see something that's so outlandish and crazy, are we kind of like molding what we see in our minds mm. as what, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So it's like. Yeah, for sure, dude. What's funny is like, I think before this episode and before me kind of like thinking I was driving downhill in Kansas, <laughs> I would have said like, yeah, man, it's probably just like whatever's in our mental sort of zeitgeist, mm-hmm. cultural right. zeitgeist yeah, yeah, yeah. that over over time and stuff uh, that's passed on. Um. I just feel like it's more complex than that because yeah. I feel like the reason I thought I was going downhill is because I was driving in dang Colorado for a couple of hours mm-hmm. going down these huge mountains. And so mentally, that's what I was kind of seeing. And it was like freaking me out yeah. for some reason because I knew, like it freaked me out only because I know I'm in Kansas yeah. and I know how flat it mm-hmm. is, you know? Yeah. Well, so I, I don't know. So one thing that I sort of discovered, and and I don't know if you ran across this, we haven't spoken about this, but uh, one thing that I discovered, which I think will maybe lead you away in another direction from the the Mm -hmm. mass hallucination. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, here's the thing. Before you say that, that's not really what I think 
happen necessarily uh, in terms of like them creating lights being there that weren't really. In other words, like I really do think they saw something mm -hmm. and experienced something together that goes a little bit beyond like one person freaks out, they all wake up, and the mom's like, "Oh my god!" Well, but you know, like, but I'm saying this because because like there were other people. There was someone in Tasmania, yeah, the guy in Tasmania with a storm. Yeah, thing. there's also someone like there uh, on a like a fishing boat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That saw stuff. There's a truck driver who thought he saw some lights too. So there's something, yeah, that was there. Well, the, and the, the, the reason I wanted to go there is because the, I guess the general sort of consensus with like the debunkers have all said, oh, it was possibly a prototype helicopter uh, hmm. that had, I can't think of the word, but it's basically like. You remember, like in the old, like oh, I think it was in, I think it was Airwolf. Ba -da -da no, but that helicopter was so badass. Yeah, oh, man, I love that show. And just what a what a theme. Song. Yeah, dude, amazing. But like, uh, I think it was featured in uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Three: Dream Warriors when he's in like the junkyard and like there's like the big magnet that's like picking up cars man. or whatever. The consensus is, oh, it's some kind of experimental helicopter with this like electro like you know, super high-powered magnet hanging off that lifted the car. Yeah. It's like, how in what world is that, like, does that make more sense to you than, like, just some kind of weird... Yeah, because I think it's just, like, you grasp for... Especially if you're, like, super realist, like my wife is. You're going to grasp at everything that you know. It's, like, in reality. And then, and then explain, yeah, and then explain whatever happened based on your knowledge base, right? I, and so, like, as we dive into these crazy things, mm -hmm. dude, essentially we're expanding our knowledge base. Oh, yeah. Or expanding our, like, um, field of view, I'll say. Not really knowledge base. I mean, we are, but, mm -hmm. you know, that kind of sounds like I could be, you know, um, you know, talking down to somebody or something. But I, I really mean it, like, our, our view is expanding. And I think a lot of our listeners, too, like, some that have sort of, come here for the talk about the 80s and, and VHS and stuff. When we get into these Sorry, kind of topics, yeah. well, the, well, when we this get was, into these kind of topics, I'm just saying. in the 80s? Yeah, well, exactly. Mm -hmm. And also, dude, like, this is the stuff that if we would have lived in the same place when we were in the 80s, we would have been talking about anyway. Oh, yeah, 100%. Right? So, but, like, when they come here for that kind of stuff and then they hear this stuff, I think it's what I hope is that, they're like, huh, I don't necessarily believe that, but that's a pretty cool idea. Change it. You know? Change it. Um, so let, let's get into, uh, well, let me say this. Can I offer, like, just a possibility that is really, really random? Uh, you can certainly try. <laughs> yeah, so the, the story with, like, the Tasmanian guy, and, like, this happened on the same night. I think it happened earlier, though. He's in his car. Mm -hmm. The storm is just like raging outside of his, his yeah. car. But it's not even really like a storm. I guess it was like he was like in a bubble of storm. Yeah, like a focus yeah, storm yeah. or something. I mean, that's some D&D &D stuff there. But I love the idea, you know, the idea of this like wind and like this like intense like storm. And then like even with like the Knowles family, like, you know, it's like moving around. They're seeing lights. Their car gets like lifted off. If you look in Passport to Magonia, there is, there's a big sort of part of like old sort of folklore where, where like the fairies would, and again, we're not talking about Tinkerbell. We're talking about like these dangerous, the fae, the fae. like they could be, like people were truly scared of these things. They would travel like on the storms or on the wind. And so like. I don't know why, but like the first time, especially with mm. the Tasmanian story, is the first time mm -hmm. I heard it. It was just like, I mean, oh, how nuts is this idea that like this what if the thing? Freaking, what if the what if like what if the Min Min lights, dude? Yeah, are like mm -hmm. that's their trans that's their transportation, exactly, or whatever. And and in oh, man, it's wild. I will say this, and this is a little off topic, but I think one thing that we really do learn with the Knowles family incident is. Never like go back. If a UFO passes you, uh, mm. never like because apparently you know it it they're they're riding and I guess another car passed or whatever and and it 
turn direction and started following the other car. Mm. Well, then when they turned around to be like, oh, this is cool. Well, what is this? You know, then it's like, oh, man, we're back in the crosshairs. Mm-hmm. And then it started following. It's just like a scary movie, man. Yeah, it's like, don't, don't do not do that. Like, don't. Don't walk toward the danger. Let it like, go. I wonder what, what that was. <laughs> yeah. And all you have is like a, you know, cup of noodles. Popcorn or something. Whatever. Also, who has cups of popcorn? Just made it up. Or don't cups know. of noodles. Yeah, cup of noodles. Mandela effect. We're getting delirious. Yeah, we should. Uh, now, let me ask you a question, man. Mm-hmm. Is this going to be our first freaking three-parter? Because you haven't even started talking oh, about. Oh, man. I mean, we do have a lot to talk about, dude. Yeah. I, I mean, I could go honestly, a lot more, too. With... Uh, yeah, and I mean, you've got, I want to know more about the disappearance of mm-hmm. uh, Frederick. Uh, uh, Valentich. Yeah, yeah, and some of the other stuff that I, I kind of found, some of the other crazy stories, man. Dude, I mean, I'm down. I mean, Australia is a very big place. It's a very... It is. There's a lot. Before we go, mm-hmm. let's talk about your thoughts on um, Matt Man's incident. So, I, as you know, as soon as this came in, I was really, really excited because mm-hmm. if there's anything that, that I and you get excited about, it is the sort of high strangeness aspect of mm-hmm. the paranormal field. Um, and that are th- that's those things that, you know, go beyond just like, oh, I saw a metallic disc or I think I saw Bigfoot. These are the things like just the sort of, I mean, it can be just totally bonkers kind of stuff. And so I have like a real sort of love for this idea of these, I, I guess they're kind of like bio uh, organic based mm-hmm. sort of UFOs. Mm-hmm. They've been called... You know, there's there's like multiple terms for them, but like they've been called sky whales or sky beast or sky jellyfish. And they're kind of these things that can kind of phase in and out of uh, view. So I guess I kind of think that it's less about them turning invisible and more about maybe they're just kind of phasing into our reality, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But they definitely sort of use the sky to like sort of cloak. And I love this idea. And. I think you and I were talking about it at the beginning of season two, doing an episode on this because it's mm-hmm. super mm-hmm. fascinating. And especially, I think it's fascinating if you look at it like uh, all the f- other phenomena that that could possibly l- be linked to it. Like, you know, the skyfall stuff, the stuff like the angel hair phenomenon mm. where these like yeah. sort of filament strands are, are known to just like fall out of the sky. It's like, or are these like sky beast or these whatever they are are they did one of these things die or like did something happen to it we just can't see and so mm-hmm. you have like frogs falling from the sky or meat falling from the sky or like this like i think they call it like star jelly mm-hmm. and this is all stuff matt if you don't know about like go look this stuff up cuz i guarantee that it it's got to have something possibly to that links to your story it also could tie into well. I believe that it that these two could t- could be sort of connected. Is and it was a big thing in the '90s. They're called rods. I first heard about it on Coast to Coast with Art Bell. There was a guy that was like a big proponent of it. I think his name was like Jose Escamilla. Uh, he put out like a video, and I mean it's wild. You can see these dudes like like cave jumping. They're like jumping with like parachutes. These massive mm, holes mm-hmm. in the earth. And, I mean, in plain view, man, you see these, like, little rods. I mean, they, they're, like, probably a foot long. If you slow down, like, per frame, it almost looks like they have, like, um, almost kind of like a, like a sea creature or something. Like, it's almost like a fin that kind of, like, corkscrews around them. Weird. Yeah, and so I, I believe that these things, and possibly much like what Matt saw and, you know, the, the sky whale or whatever that phenomenon is, Mm-hmm. I think that it could be kind of like what I was saying with the orbs originally. I think it's something that's just beyond our sort of level of understanding. Like I think I think there is a, a possible like physicality to these things, you know. Yeah, man, dude, what's so funny is like <clears throat> I can like un- I can recognize my own sort of like mental um approach to just no no (laughs) approach to uh like listening to you say this because maybe four years ago or something if someone said like yeah man sky whales or something i'd be like jesus (laughs) yeah yeah 
this guy's on, he's, this guy's taking the pot. Mm-hmm. But now it's kind of like, I don't know, man. There's just, it, like, I can imagine certain, like, some listen. heck, my brother, he's probably listening right Turn now. Turn it off. No, you know, he, he, well, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> no, I think that it's just super interesting. No matter what, it's just super interesting. I know I say that a lot on this show, but I think that certainly deserves its own episode mm-hmm. because I think just the mention of the name Skywell and like a quick Google search, you're like, what the heck yeah. is this, yeah. right? You tell me, hey, man, you tell me Moby Dick lives in the sky. <laughs> well, the, All right. and, and yeah. And it's different than that. That's what I'm saying. I know that yeah. because you've talked about this with me before and I've kind of like read a little bit about it. And, you know, even in our old um, Unexplained Mysteries or whatever book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of the sky falls. There, there's, yeah, man, there's like, no matter which way you slice it, there's weird stuff mm-hmm. that happens with the sky. Yeah. You know, sometimes there are perfectly good scientific explanations for them. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there's not, you know. Well, and, and also, also, I think... I think one thing to, you know, we always, you know, it's always brought up as like, you know, uh, why are we going to space when there's so much unaccounted exploration in the ocean? You know, it goes so deep and stuff. But, I mean, in reality, if you look at the sky, like, you know, what we would think of as like, quote, unquote, the sky, like once you get into flying range, you know, that until, until our like outer atmosphere, I mean, it's it's like another ocean. So, you know, I think a lot of people sort of sort of turn off when it comes up to this stuff because they immediately think, oh, well, if there is a phys- physical sort of nature to, you know, rods or these sky jellyfish mm-hmm. or whatever they are, they have to either A, breathe oxygen. They have to, they, it's like they have, they, they kind of like zone out because they can't imagine these things like not, having to sort of sort of go along with the confines of like other animals on on earth you know what yeah. i mean it's like yeah yeah and sometimes like i i get that like coming from like the the biological background right. um you know like that's the reason why there's no such thing as like a house sized spider because like they have book lungs mm-hmm. and they wouldn't be able to like work right and so like i get it but also man there's so much that we don't understand yeah that's my uh, thing. you know yeah I think it's worth like kind of diving into that stuff mm-hmm. in a different episode so that together cumulatively that that would be read sort of family. We can together kind of talk about oh, it, yeah. think about it and, and, you know, like I said, kind of broaden our, uh, our horizon here. Oh yeah, dude. I mean, when we first started this podcast, you know, p- part of the conversation was, man, it's, it's going to be so rad when we get to the point where we're, you know, hundreds of episodes in and we have this like family, you know, kind of like what we have now, but like, but it's sort of evolved into this, you know, this sort of crowdsourced like aggregate of like other cases and like information and like, hey, you guys should check out this. And then like, it's just, it it can only happen in, in our modern age, like with the mm-hmm. internet, and, yeah. you know, and it, it's an amazing thing. And I, I look forward to uh, just, you know, onward and upward. Yeah, no man, I mean, just like you said, it's like, uh, you know, perfect timing at this point in the matrix. Yeah, exactly. We, uh, <laughs> the programming is such that, no. So Matt Mann also sent me a message and he said, like, he's really kind of been meditating on thinking about what he saw, mm-hmm. you know, and um, thinking about, you know, because his wife mentioned, you know, Hey, could it have been the Goodyear blimp? Because at the time that he saw this thing, mm-hmm. the Goodyear blimp was in Australia. Hmm. But he says, like, I think about it and I just can't reconcile no it because, way. like, yeah. the shape was just way too irregular. Yeah. It was also translucent and it moved way too fast for a blimp. And if you remember, you know, listener, if you remember the Goodyear blimp, I mean that that image is like stuck in my mind as like a kid because like it was just such a big deal. Oh right? yeah, it was it's epic. Like, it's kind of like yeah. the uh, the Oscar Mayer like hot dog car Weird or wheel. like you know like hey spe- hey by the way spell Oscar Mayer by the way. I'm not gonna do it. Do man. it. This is not. I don't do. Just spell Oscar Mayer. Uh, Oscar. No, I no do not look at it. O S C A R M E Y E R. Well, that's what it was before the Mandela effect, but now it's always been. The exact same as John Mayer. 
M-A-Y-E-R. Oh, you mean John Mayer? Exactly. Wait, you call him Mayer? <laughs> From my reality. Oh man, what a what a big uh, twist if like the Mandela had. Dude, wouldn't it be weird? Yeah, if we figured out that we were from different realities. I mean, they do say that like there's a possibility that this change happened in like 2012, and that like I mean, you do look different to me. So I mean, (laughs) I'm just kidding, dude. So what I what I wanted to say about like the Goodyear blimp and stuff is like, Matt, I think you're right on to just kind of believe that. That wasn't the Goodyear blimp because I think you would have remembered like blue and yellow. Mm-hmm. As long as I'm from the same reality as you are, that's what I remember. Mm-hmm. The Goodyear blimp. Oh yeah, it's pretty bright. There's nothing translucent about it. It was a it was a full on spectacle, you know. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. But you're also number one, your buddy Mark. You guys both saw very similar things. And number two, did I say A or one? Anyway, number two. You're not alone, man. Like, I'm telling you, like, if if you, you know, with just a little bit of, like, cursory research and, like, certain, like, keywords, man, there's a lot of accounts of this thing. And it's, you know, it, it's from all over the world. And it's weird, too, because there's, and it, it's like, I think it's a, it's a really special thing that, that you witnessed because not only did you, like, oh, I just saw, like, a metallic disc or, like I said before, it's like, I think this is like one of those truly high strangeness things. And like, again, like you'll find accounts where, you know, ranging back in like the 50s and 60s where I, I know there's, I can't think of the, the family's name, but like they were, I think they heard like dogs barking in the neighborhood and several people like came outside, several neighbors. It was like in like a little neighborhood and uh, they look up and it's a completely silent what looks exactly like a, a jellyfish, just like or a bl- or a or a blue bottle or a blue bottle, right? Right. No, th- well, th- that he's saying like jellyfish, but this is like st- or no, no, no. Did I say jellyfish? Portuguese man or no? I meant what man I meant or. to say was a stingray. Even the wings oh, okay. were like undulating and like man. So you're not alone. There, there's like something going on. And again, maybe it's just like little tears in our reality in the yeah yeah like a like a rift in the in the veil or or whatever yeah Yeah. so crazy to think about yeah but there's a lot of that and it's it's pretty fascinating man uh actually i'm gonna do a little more research into that look i think this is a great spot to stop for this week Mm -hmm. you know i there's just so much more to talk about and i and you know i think that it deserves us to talk about it again for a part three. This is the first time we've done three parts, but mm-hmm. Australia is a big place. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. And I think if there's something else that we learned this week, I think it's that we need to, st- I mean, should we start a Kickstarter to get us to, fl- are we going to Australia, bro? I mean, I'm down. Oh, also, I got to say this, a little bit of synchronicity because our buddy Matt, uh, so I have a 65 Mustang and when he was younger, he sent a picture of like him and his buddy. He was saying that like, you know, how, Woody and I are back and forth reminded him of uh, like his friend and he's like leaning back on a white 66 Mustang. And so it's like, what are the odds of somebody? in? Well, here's another one. Let me, let me throw a third one. in. What is this? Whenever I was growing up, I had a white, well, it was kind of off. It was like a cream color. Yeah, that's what mine was. White. Olympic white. 64 and a half. Ooh, yeah. Mustang, dude. So it's like. Holy cow. I forgot about that. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're we're like the three amigos here. Man. You gotta go to Australia. Yeah. So as we always say, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Hey, don't forget to interact with us on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I mean, truly that that really is like the best place that you're gonna that's the best place that you can be able to reach us mm-hmm. in a timely manner for now. Uh there's a lot of things in the works, but even probably gonna be done mm, I think January would be lofty to say, but this season that we have so that there's going to be more than one place and just extra stuff coming your way. Right. But we'll we'll get into that later. Mm-hmm. But anyway, truly, 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 it means the world to us whenever you guys reach out. Tell us a little bit about your stories and or just interact with us about our current episodes. You can find us at That Would Be Rad on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And if they have like a longer message. If they want to send us like a, a voice memo that's a little long or or if they want to write up their story or just send us a, you know, long email or okay, or a long message, <laughs> where would they do that, Tyler? Well, 
that would be radpod at gmail.com. And we love your voice memos. We love your stories, just like I was talking about. You know, we strive to, at one point, sort of become an aggregate for all these things. Mm -hmm. You know, the more the merrier. And even if it does kind of, we've had several folks say, well, my story's a little mundane. It was only, it was really short and I just saw this. Or, Or it was like, I don't know what it was, but I saw this. Those are just as cool. Because mm-hmm. I mean, who knows that? It, well, and they they open doors to like exactly. episodes. Like M- Matt, you know, he took. Gosh, I think the actual audio is only like I don't know, ninety seconds worth of him telling us his story, but it sent us down this like path yeah. that has now opened up into what will be three, three episodes, episodes. Right? Amazing. Thanks, Matt. Thank you so much, Matt. Man, I mean, it was uh, super super cool. Yeah. Well, we're gonna get out of here, but uh, like we said, we will be back next week with more tales from down under but like we always say we appreciate you we love you and as always be rad talking about me saying how they no matter how terrible i think it is you do it and it's like god like i just hope i I mean i know that matt doesn't mind necessarily but like well he likes us though so yeah no i I imagine like our other other, i like are they in uh, is it insulting (laughs)
Yeah, to our other Australian listeners. When all the hell, the only thing we do were like, put another shrimp on the bobby. I mean, could we be any yeah. more sort of like stereotyping? It's forced as for beer. <laughs> 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 I forgot about that old chestnut. Yeah. Which, oh. by the way, dude, so sad and, and also just interesting timing. The, mm. the Aborigine... Uh, the Aboriginal actor that's in, I mean, a ton of stuff, but... Don't you tell me that he died. Dude, the guy uh, from Crocodile Dundee, man, passed away last week, dude. Oh, my gosh. That's, I mean, is so was last week's episode like a cursed episode? Let's not say that. I mean, what are the odds that the only, one out of two Australian actors well, that we know Well, first we talk of. about the assimilation theory. Yeah. We talk about Australia, and this guy, he logs off, man. Yeah, uh, well, and Something's it happened with... Something's going on here. And it happened with Andrew W.K. We we have an episode, and then suddenly he cancels his whole tour and disappears. Didn't hear a word of it. Try again? I said, <laughs> as soon as we have an episode on Andrew W.K., he immediately cancels his whole tour the day that we release the episode mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. disappears. Okay. Well, I thought there was going to be more of a response there, but... You want so to have want it again? Three. No, we're gonna have that. We're not starting kicking it off with uh, his. Buddies. Oh no! We ha yeah, we need to. Yeah, the buddy. Which, mm. by the way, what was what is his name? Mark. Mark. Otherwise known as Mark. That's why. That's there's the confusion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I had to re-listen to Matt tell me how to properly pronounce Nullabore Plain because he's like, uh, "Hey, man, just a little point of reference here." Well, actually, hold on just a second. Yo, you got it? Oh, yeah, dude. Okay. This is amazing. Like, it's exciting. I, I, I mean, dude, I know this is supposed to help me pronounce it, mm -hmm. but not at me, all. I'm like, I had to listen to it 50 times and I still don't think I'm getting it right. Mate, just of interest, it's pronounced the nullable. So the nullable. There we go, just to help. God, I love that dude. Uh, amazing. So, you know, maybe I probably would have waited until I was out of the bathroom to send me the. Send me the message, but anyway. Um, also, no. it sounds like the no, way my another tongue, ball is what it sounds like. Well, it's, it it does that thing that like my tongue unnaturally does when I say hell, hell, yeah, yeah, like that <laughs> nullable. Yeah, nullable. it's just nullable. nullable. Now nullable. I'm gonna be self conscious about it when I talk about it in just a second. Welcome wait, back. Wait, what? Wait, real quick. What did you say the first time? <laughs> oh, dude, it's awful. It's like <laughs> I said, like. Oh, yeah, no, no, this is the best. I said, no arbor. Oh, there it is. <laughs> <sighs> it does make me want so to go back to all those episodes and just dude, put can in you like... imagine? No, dude, can you imagine? So no, not only... I'm not even talking about just the, the sheer laziness factor. Can you imagine what they sound like? God only knows how I must have mispronounced all the French words, mm. the Brazilian words that we've said in the past. Yeah. It's just embarrassing. Well, I will say this, though. You, I mean, one Here thing to my credit is you do always have me saying, yeah, sounds awesome. Sounds good, man. <laughs> yeah, that, that sounds right. Yeah. Feels um, good. Feels good. Feels good, man. I like the way that rolled off your tongue. Mm -hmm. um, man, that was pretty cool about, uh, about old Bradley uh, listening yeah, to the— and dude, I'll be honest with you, man. I needed that yesterday. Yeah, me too, man. But— I don't want to get into it, man. We got a podcast to do, and also— We'll start the I've got podcast. Work to do. 